on this week's Bet the Process podcast. Weirdly, Rufus and I just ramble. Um, if you can make it through the terrible discussion where Rufus tells me he's going to make me put everything until the balls into the hole, you'll get some very interesting uh, thoughts on, um, well, Rufus is trying to get out some interesting thoughts. And as normal, I am actually interrupting him about modeling NFL futures and the dynamic uncertainty. And then we talk a little bit about Rufus's new company, Unabated. And then finally, we actually give you a way to win a trip to Vegas with us. Um, hint, hint, hint. Maybe we'll one day have a real t-shirt for Bet the Process. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage and sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to. The long-awaited return of the Bet the Process podcast, Rufus. We've been kind of shitty this offseason, um, really kind of shirking our duties as the most important sports betting podcasters um, on the planet or in this solar system, or I don't know. We've just been shirking our duties, and it's mostly because you and I have been um, – we've gotten a lot of stuff going on. Um, we feel like we've gotten so much negative – well, I've mostly got negative reviews on Apple, so it's kind of hard for me um, with my enormous ego to deal with. So um, we slowed down our, our recording, but now we're ready. We're ready to come back, we're ready to get back on a weekly kind of thing. And, and what I think is interesting, Rufus, and we should talk about this a little bit, is given the fact that there are so many good sports betting podcasts now, and I think when you and I started this, there really weren't any. And we just kind of wanted to be a, a sports betting podcast that doesn't suck. And I think we may or may not have achieved that. It's debatable. It's uh, uh, probably a, one of those things that depends on who you are, whether you believe that. But now that we are in a mature market, what should our shtick be? What should our what should we do that's different? Like it can't just be analytics because ultimately there's tons of analytics sports betting podcast there's tons with professional betters now like going into this year where the market is saturated what's our shtick that's a good question and so you know we didn't actually talk about that we were going to talk about this beforehand so um i'm a little blindsided by that but it, it's it's a valid question i think i think we should just continue to be authentically ourselves um i think we have sort of a a niche of people that like listening to people interrupt each other. Seven, seven people, seven people that like seven, seven people, people interrupt each other. We'll have to look and see if uh, seven is defined as a niche um, or if it's not. Um, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like what our thing should be, and it'd be great to like get some feedback on this from the interwebs um, from the Twitter sphere. I just think it should, this should be like us. It should be personality driven because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, like, again, there's probably people who are going to deliver way better sports content, analytics content. Um, but there's no, there's no other Rufus Peabody. There is, there isn't, there's only one probably the other, other ones are probably dogs. So they can't even speak. So they'll just be sure, barking. Although when I did my standard line, when I asked, when they asked for the name for my order at this, uh, Mexican place up in Maine called, by the way, it's called LL. By the way, Mexican food in Maine must be amazing. Must be delicious. You missed, you missed the name of the restaurant. LL Frijoles. You get it? Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. LL Bean. No, LL LL Beans. Beans. Oh, Frijoles. My, my, um, I'm going to say all sorts of offensive stuff now. So I'll just shut up. Anyway, I said, you know, Ruva's like a dog's name and, and they're like, I know more human Rufi than dog Rufi, although they said like Rufus is, but I had to correct them. <laughs> but I mean, to your point though, yeah, like, I mean, I've thought sort of a similar thing for my betting. I mean, there are people at every single stage of what I do that are better than me at it. And so I've kind of, I, I've struggled with that and knowing like, what is my- No one's, no one's better than you at loving John Rom and Xander Shoffley. And somebody, 
actually my therapist yesterday said something about how he's like, you know, the, uh, in the Olympics, the gymnastics, the all around, I think the, the, what, what's it called? The, the entire, the all around thing. Is, is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. You know, which is like, they have like the floor routine, the uneven all around. All around. Beam thing, and then the vault, right? I like that you just needed to prove to me that you knew all of the women's gymnastic events. I haven't really watched it since 1996 when I was obsessed with a gymnast named Dominique Mucciano, and I would call her Dominique Smucciano when I was 11 years She's old. Very good. She, she came from the Bulgarian, Romanian, Romanian. I don't know. I'm off today. You know, she was more age appropriate for a 10 year old because she was like probably like a 14 year old gymnast, but, but, but. <laughs> Basically, the, the person that wins the all-around can be not the best at any of the individual parts, right? Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's... Uh, we want to be greater than the sum of our parts and we want to... We can be decent. Well, I, kind of, I kind of... So there's like a lot of... You know, that, that podcast we did most recently with Rob, Rob P with Rib. Like a lot of people were like, that was the most depressing thing we've listened to. And like... It was interesting, though, because at the end of the day, I think one of the things that we try to do, or at least I try to do with your assistance, meaning like, you know, you never know where I'm going with some of this stuff, but it's ultimately trying to talk a little bit about the 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 game outside of the game, right, which is ultimately like anyone can talk about like, so if you think about the different levels of abstraction, right, the average, like, sports betting analyst talks about narratives talks about the game itself right and like talks about like oh this quarterback blah 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 the next level what we tried to do for a little while was talk about the analytics the market like those pieces that are that are sort of one step of an abstraction from what's like say chad ochocinco could do if he started commenting on you know sports betting but like the next level that we talked about, and I think some of the stuff you've done on Twitter where you've talked a little bit about the, you know, emotion, the sort of like the, all the stuff you've done. I think that's one more level of abstraction. And in our goal to get more and more niche with whatever we do, there's probably fewer and fewer people that care about this, but that's great. We just keep losing listeners and I will only be happy when we have zero listeners and we, you know, the seven we that we have quit. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Then we're just then we're just having a conversation. We're gonna get tweets that are like, guys, you've accomplished your goal, you can stop. <laughs> but the problem is that meant that they listen, so we haven't accomplished our goal yet. We need to wait until we put an episode up and no one says anything. So I feel like if I don't tweet about the episode, most people you know, I don't really hear much. Well, you don't always tweet about the episode. I know, um, I don't. sometimes I forget. And then so should we start with unabated or should we start with your personal journey to figure out where you want to live? Ew. Let's start with personal journey. Uh, how much of your personal journey are we going to share? I don't know. Let's maybe not too Let, much. Let's, let's just say, let's just, just say that you are at a quarter life crisis um, mm. where like your life is going to be pretty long right if you're a quarter life crisis your life would be long right no, i'm i'm 35 i think it we're solidly midlife crisis maybe not but it's not crisis i, I don't think crisis is the right word it's just, you can live to 140 see how quickly i did that I'm not now? bryson dechambeau okay let's just say that's your quarter life crisis and i don't want to i don't and, and I don't within your quarter like life crisis in a nursing home not having any memories within your quarter life crisis there's a few things that we're going to do one, we had talked about a bachelor party and inviting people there. And, and um, for whatever reason, that bachelor party is not going to happen. So now what we're going to do is the reintroduce Rufus to the world uh -oh. uh, Vegas trip. And I think we should do it in September. Okay. I think we should golf. I think yep. we should invite a few people out and we should have a mellow time. So I think we can golf maybe twice. We can play shadow and win. I think we should stay at the win again. And I think we should do a pool party and a couple nice dinners. I think shadow, I don't think we should play at the win though. I mean, I've heard, I think that, I mean, I'm sure we'll get feedback from one of our seven listeners who's played it maybe, but. Win is, win is nice. I played I've, it. I've heard, but I've also, I mean, I saw some reviews this year that said it wasn't in great shape. That, that might've changed. I don't know, but. But that was like probably from the fact that like, we didn't play it because they had just plugged it the last time we were there. Win's nice, dude. I've played it. It's nice. 
I mean, I played really nice. I just played is it, La Jolla. Is it, a, is, it, is, it five, is it Pebble Beach nice, though? Because you're basically paying a Pebble Beach price for it. And I am a value shopper here. Rufus, it's my treat. Okay. So you don't need to worry about it. I don't want you to... You well, need it'll to be, be my treat if Rombo wins this week. How's that sound? Uh, well, imagine if we had had a Calcutta this week, how great it would be. You know, imagine if we had had a Calcutta for the Olympics, how great it would have been for me, right? Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Um, it feels like all these, all, all my guys just didn't perform the right weeks for me for the Calcutta. I had to, I was adding up my Calcutta, lo- personal Calcutta losses because I had to, I had to get my brother's share for him. And, and wait, by the way, shouldn't your pretty. brother, had, did your brother pay me yet? Um, I think maybe not. I don't know. I thought, I don't think he did. I think I, pay, did I not pay for him? I don't know. I don't we'll think he did. Out. Okay. I don't think well then, did. uh, I think you talked about paying for him, but you didn't do it. Um, I, I just Logan played uh, La Jolla Country Club. And I played with Gipper Fino. Ah, yeah. Is Tony's he good? Brother. I mean, yes, he's good. <laughs> he, he, uh, there were probably four par fours on that course and he was playing from the tips that he drove or tried to drive the green on. Um, he hits the ball really far. I think he probably shot three under that day. Um, he's good. He's good. He's trying to get back. Uh, he like took a little break from golf and he's trying to get back. Um, but super nice guy. Um, gave gave me some good insight to Tony Finau. Um, just that for shits and giggles, I bet him um, for this weekend just to for to Tony Finau. And so at least I'm in the hunt. I'm like four strokes behind your boy, but at least I'm in the hunt. Yeah, I, I've been playing uh, the Blue Hill Country Club up in Maine. It's a it's a little par. Th- 39 hole course that all the all the par fours are pretty short i actually there's one that's like 280 that i i i drove it i'm proud to say i've driven it like it the fairway there's like no run out in the fairways right now because it's the fairways are a little bit long and and it's not dry at all but it's so weird because in california all it is is run out like everything they can't because of like some of the water rules they're not even allowed to water these things so they've let their fairways completely burn out so you hit the ball and it will roll endlessly. I have to say, I'm hitting the driver better than I ever have. I've started like, lo- like I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to more. play with you. This I'm is swinging great. up yeah. on it. I'm hitting a much higher ball flight with my driver and getting a lot of carry. Like these trees on hole number two that before I used to like be like, oh, I should just hit a four iron or something yes. lay up in front. We now have zero I can just carry them. We now but, have zero listeners. We got to zero listeners. Okay. There we go. We're good. Um, okay. No, so we'll play golf two days and... We, I think we should actually let one listener come to this because now it's no longer your personal, like, like kind of thing. It's more just like for fun. Yeah. So we should figure out what's the, what's the way that we get a listener. What, what's the way that we do our listener contest? What should it be? We find out who can, who will be able to give us golf lessons during the, while we're playing. I'm kidding. It's like, you're the most boring human I know. Like how, how is that like a fun contest? I can literally fly my, my coach with us or we can what get if, like some, what's that? Oh, never mind. I was going to make a joke about how good your coach must be for giving your game. Rufus, you've never even really seen my game. Right. And so you're talk you're talking big. I've like really just started to play and try to actually play golf over the last year. I feel pretty good about where I'm at right now. And the next time we play, you're going to give me a, like the requisite amount of strokes and I'll bet you a thousand dollars. Look, we'll go a thousand, a thousand, 2000. So a thousand on the front, a thousand on the back and 2000 overall. And we're going to play and no gimme putts too. I'm going to make you putt every two footer. It's going to be great. Cause I put I, I all those. Cause I, I played match play with my brother. We, we put them every time. And I'll, I'll tell you this putting the short putts. It's amazing. Like now I stand, now I'm, I'm, I'm okay with like hitting a putt three feet by because I know I'm gonna be able to make the comeback because I've I've hit so many. So Rufus, if that's really how you want to play, that's fine. But I just don't fundamentally agree with that because I actually don't want to beat you because you miss a three footer or you miss a two footer, and I don't want to play a round that takes that long. It doesn't take that like, long. Oh, I mean, you like here's here's the thing. If the ball, I mean. I think like when I played with, um, it actually really is a lot of it's, it actually does tell a lot about a person by whether they don't, 
I don't care what you give me. You don't have to give them to me, but I will give you a three-footer every time. I don't want to beat you because you miss a three-footer. Like, really, I don't. Unless we're, like, playing at, like, uh, like Augusta or somewhere that has, like, really fast greens and, like, that's really a thing. I don't want to beat you because that. I mean, you can extend that to saying, like, oh, I don't want to beat someone because they messed up and hit it into a hazard, so I'll let and them that's do not it over, this, right? Like, it's, it's of course, it's always better to beat someone because you play well and you make your birdie putts. It's not the same. It's not the same. Golf is about putting the ball in the hole. And, and my, I guess my point is, if I wouldn't give someone i'll give someone a putt that i'm like almost certain they'll make in match play but why would i give them a putt that if if they think they might miss it then why would i give it to them I, well so they're to me right and and honestly like to me it's just a courtesy thing like i would not it i would if if i if you made a run at a putt to try to like taunt to try to beat me or something like that on a hole and you it went like I would be like fine giving stuff to you. Like, it's like, to me, like we probably just have a different philosophy on golfing against people. Like I want to play, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to play ultimately to like beat you by like, oh, of course not. I'm playing because it's fun to compete against you. And at the end of the day, like that competition should not be about whether you can make a two footer or not. I mean, like, I think that's the fun of it. Having the pressure on. But That's... the pressure on is like making a four footer or a five footer. The pressure on is not making a two footer. Like if you're talking about not giving me like a two footer, that's different than like not giving me. I'm so, fine if so, you don't give me a two footer. So Jeff, when I, I played with, um, with our friend Peter Jennings and he, he and his buddies um, have this rule, I think where you can, if, if nobody gives you the putt, you, um, then you can, well, how does it work exactly? It's like, basically you can get one to six odds on making it basically. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact, like basically, you know, if, if nobody gives it to you, you can say, okay, like I'll take the, uh, I think you're wagering like 300 to win 50 that you make it or something. So basically anytime, so like anytime you think you have greater than five and six chance of making a putt, like, I'm, and nobody like, gives I'm it nervous. to you, you I'm can, totally fine. I'm, I'm fine at making short putts. It's not, it's not the worst part okay, of my we're, game. We're, we're, we're I'm really totally fine. If you want to make me put everything, I just will not make you. So you can make me put everything and I won't make you. So I'll, I'll, I'll do like Sergio and give you the 12 footer, like in the front nine. And then, and then, uh, you know, maybe a seven footer on the back. So what's your, then, what are you playing? And then to when right? it comes down to it, you have to put, I'm going to make you put the three footer on 18. What are you playing to right now? I'm an 8.9, but I think given that You're I registered a 7.0 today, I think I'm going to be going up. I mean, I think I'm going to be a little bit better. All right. Well, we'll see what I am by the time we play, but we'll figure out a weekend and we'll, we'll play shadow. We'll definitely play shadow, but, and then we'll figure out where, we, where else we play. I'll say this, Jeff, I, you're probably not going to be getting enough strokes though. If, if my 8.9 is based on putting all these three footers, which occasionally I'll miss. I mean, I'm not like, I don't like, you have this notion that I like cheat when I golf. Like I don't like, I, I play everything. How is getting defensive? No, you've all, you've said this to me so many times. The first, like the first thing we ever talked about when we we're playing is about gimmies. And it's like insane to me because like, I, I want well, to know how good I am. Were, at golf. If, if we were playing match play and we're not in the same group, then I think we need that's a standard on gimmies. Is, that's, that's fine. That's not what I'm saying. But the first thing you went to is that I might be cheating and I might be, taking big gimmies and it's like i don't know what happened to you as a child but i feel like maybe your parents did something wrong no i've i've always cared about fairness jeff just kidding i know your parents listen to this they raised you really well rufus is a great a great dog so we we really got into the weeds here from from my yeah, where i live to talking about two foot putts i'm playing tomorrow with our friend brian mead so oh we'll nice see but you will be giving me a, you'll be giving me a lot of strokes. I'm like a 20 right now. Okay. But I did break 90 recently. Well done. On a, on a course that when you break 90 and you are a 20, like your handicap goes down by like one. <laughs> it's like a really, it's a funny course. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think when we play in September, I will have an advantage from the handicap standpoint. Cause I think I will be trending down from my high handicap. So we'll be playing see. to a lower handicap. Nice. 
I th- I think so. I mean, I hope I hope I, I hope I'm almost always going to be playing from this point forward lower than a 20 handicap, but we'll see. It's a weird effing game. Okay. okay. I think let's move on. So personal journey. You are now thinking about living in different cities. Well, I'm homeless right now. Okay. You look it, so that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um you've always kind of looked at that's fine so anyway so where are you gonna where are you gonna try are you gonna come out to the bay you should come out to the bay for a little while maybe come get a place near me we'll golf a couple times a week and and uh you know we can like walk sweat some games together and that'll be fun you can babysit my kids when i need you to it'll be good <laughs> no um you want me to be your open day is not on your list of places too liberal for you you know i, I well it's i mean high tax rates, etc. Oh, you're saying you're like moving oh, like, here. I mean, no, no, the, the Bay would, the Bay, Bay area is not really a consideration for a permanent place to live. Like my permanent residence is like, you know, is Vegas. Um, but I, no one from the IRS listens Rufus. So it's fine. no, it is. That's, that's where, I mean, now that, now that I've left Boston, that's where my permanent residence is. I have, I actually do have a home there, but, um, but I'm just not there right now. I'm at my parents in Maine. Um, playing blue but no, I was I, like Den- Denver um, is a place that I'm going to be spending some time this fall. Um, Austin, you know, I used to be in DC and I love DC. I might do a month in New York City. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of see where life takes me. It's kind of nice to really be in a position where I can kind of just do what I want and and not. I mean. I don't know. I, I feel like so often in my okay. life, I have people counting on me or, or I have connect like connection, you know, people that I have obligations to and things like that. And so, you know, it, it's, it's obviously can not I something I want to, I don't want to be this way forever, but I think just looking back, I, I think I'll, you know, it's something that I can take advantage of for a little while and just kind of be like a little bit of a nomad. Can I sell you on the Bay? Sure. I'd be fine doing um, a month in the Bay. What's that? I'd be fine doing a month in the Bay. It sounds great. Well, let me sell you on the Bay. So you can play golf year round, right? None of those places you named, you can play golf year round. Austin? No, you don't play in the summer there. It's too hot. Well, that's true, but I'm not going to be in Austin in the summer. Well, where are you going to be? Vegas, your other home, which Maine. you say is home. You're not playing in Vegas. Maine. You're not playing in Vegas in the summer either. Maine. And okay, I do Maine. play in Vegas in the summer when I'm out there. It's amazing. You can play like a nice course for like $20 with the, you know, after the twilight rate. Um, Cause it's 115 degrees. Bay area, super, super libs. I know you're a super lib. So a lot of super lib like-minded people like yourself. Uh, I'm not into identity politics, Jeff. You are identity politics. Um, well, all right, fine. You, like, I, like, I would you surprise you. You're living here. That's fine. It's fine. I won't, I won't make you the, uh, the father. I won't make you the godfather of my next unborn child. I mean, can a Buddhist person be a godfather? Um, sure. Okay. Why not? We, we did, did we decide you're Buddhist? I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, which sounds like such a cliche, but, but I, I, I'm, I relate to Buddhist philosophy. I'll put it that way. Okay. So can we talk, have you done any futures work in the, in the NFL? I have. Can we do that? So at least we give some people some sports stuff because I feel like maybe it's the payoff for them having to listen to us argue about who's going to beat each other in golf. Well, I did. I mean, I've, I've run, um, I've run some future simulations actually on, on, on unabated and I've done, you know, Massey Peabody ratings preseason are not particularly great because they, um, I mean, any sort of team-based rating system that doesn't account for personnel changes um, outside of quarterback is going to, you know, definitely um, be deficient in some areas. So, um, but I mean, I, I still hope it's at least a little bit directionally correct. And I'm, and, and I've, I can average it out with market ratings and d- other. Have other you made any futures bets yet? Sorry. Have you made any futures bets? Yeah, I have. I, I bet. I mean, honestly, they're mostly esoteric things that I bet at DraftKings in, in New Hampshire. Are they like outlier ones where you like bet like at a high percentage on like 
the Chiefs to go winless or something like that? Yeah, things like that, or or the Chiefs to have exactly six wins or, or things like that. Basically, being able to price out the whole distribution because I think I mean books don't do a great job of that, and it's something that I I really noticed last year when I was able to bet the Ravens at 2,500 to one to have zero to four wins and the Eagles at hundred to one to have zero to four wins. That bet actually won. Um, and so how much were you able to get down on that? Um, the, the Ravens one, I think it was $50 to win a hundred thousand. How about on the, the, the Eagles, the Eagles, not as much. I think it was to win like 10,000 because they eventually $10,000. Sorry. That's still $10,000. That's yeah. enough for you to play me in golf and hopefully lose. It's true. But I, what was interesting to me though, because BetMGM priced the outliers awful last year. And this year I, I looked, well, first off, they're not offering the alt win totals that they were last year. They're offering all these things. Like you can bet on which team is going to get second place in the NFC East. There's odds on each of the four teams, but you can't bet any alternate win totals anymore. Uh, but FanDuel, which also they weren't as egregiously bad as BetMGM last year in terms of pricing the uncertainty, but um, but they, there was value um, on betting sort of these outlier events. And, and this the year, tail, I, I the tails, at, because the uncertainty modeling is bad, the tails have value. Exactly. So it was right. Like a team that might be normally where, where their normal regular season win total seven and a half, like betting the under four and a half or something like that. Um, I think there was a team that I bet like the under four and a half and the over 12 and a half. And so I, this year, though, I looked, and if anything, there's value. Um, there, there's actually value betting on against the uncertainty in a way. So, like, there was value on. I think the Cardinals over three wins at minus a thousand or something like that. Um, maybe it's three and a half. I don't remember. But I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lay. Why do you think they offer? Why do they offer these all win totals? Because ultimately, like, the only people are betting them are you, right? No, I don't know. That's a good question. I think um, maybe we could have someone like John Sheeran on from FanDuel who, who, um, who runs a sports book there and he could talk about that. I think it'd be interesting to know what you related to Ed. (laughs) I don't don't know Well, we can ask him. Yeah, we should have like, let's have a bookmaker on next week. That sounds like a reasonable thing to do so that we don't sit and talk more about our one-on-one golf match. Um, well, are you coming to bed bash? Spanky I don't even know Spanky. what that is. And I don't, why is Spanky like, like, well, it, why is he touting that? So it, does he, it does, does he make money off of this? Um, I know that. Well, so I think FanDuel is sponsoring it. And um, I don't think he's, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think he's making much, if any, uh, but it's like you're just really interested in making it a successful event. Yeah, I, th- I think you know. I, I'm cool. guessing like most people, he want like if if it's successful, he'd like to grow it. But I think there's a place for something like that. Where I mean, because think about how much fun we have at Sloan, and and hanging out with other betters, and and basically having an event like that that doesn't have an $800 price tag for a conference ticket for people that aren't speakers like yourself, Jeff, every year, and you know where where the whole and the whole thing's betters. I think, you know, I'm excited to see how it, how it goes. I mean, there's a lot of people, there's, there's going to be some legends there. Like Richard shoots is going to be there. Um, Who's the person that Chris you, Christie uh, might be there. Uh, although Ray Lesniak, I don't know. Well, Thank He's like inviting like the mayor of Jersey city. I think like it's, it's going to be fun. Dude. I have no doubt. It, I, it sounds like it sounds great. It sounds fun. I don't really know much about it. I'm not flying to New Jersey right now. I mean, it's like it's we're York, in the heart basically. of COVID again, by the way. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there, right? I mean, is it be like a vaccine verification kind of thing? I think like, it's an outdoor thing. It's a rooftop. Right. But it sounds like it might be crowded. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Just funny. I'm vaccinated. Last time, last time you were with uh, Spanky, well, no, you've probably been with them since then, right? No, I haven't. Oh. You guys were trying to create a super spreader event? Probably. Um, okay, so, but, no, I, I think, I mean, what do you consider to be the best sports betting networking events, like the top three that you've ever been to? 
I think they've all been Sloan conferences. Well, no, no, actually, that's not true. There was what the, about the world? What about Mr. Third Place? The Rufus Rufus? No, Town? that wasn't a networking event. I know, I mean, but there, there I were met nobody there players. really. I mean, there were all these DFS people I didn't know. Okay, I, I didn't network there, but it doesn't have the, the 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 conferences. The um, what was it like? S Sports Betting in America, SBA, whatever. I, I'm not sure. Someone's gonna give me a hard time because I can't remember the the name of the company that do, that does it, but. Um, they had an event in, it was Jersey, it was Jersey city or no Hoboken or Secaucus or one of those places. And that was in early 2019. And that, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, what about the advanced players? Sorry. Oh, oh, I forgot all about that. Yes. That, that, that's, that is definitely the, that, that's at the top of the list. Right. So, but that's less of the sports betters though. That that's more, there are very few sports betters there and more, you know, advantage game, like other types of advantage players. Yeah, but what if you did an event like that for sports betting that I guess like how long is this like this bet bash? Is it a one day event? Is it a, yeah. Oh, okay. I, my guess is if it's successful, it could tur- like, I mean, you'd have to ask Spanky, but my is guess any, is if it's is successful, it could turn into something in the future. That's, that's a bit, that's bigger. And maybe like, you know, I mean, look, Sloan started out as a one day thing in in like one room right i wasn't there for that no i think it was it started no, right one, day. one day it was saturday uh jp ricciardi was like the keynote speaker yeah i think you're right it was one day it was a saturday my, my point though is that these things if they're successful they'll grow yeah no i well so is there going to be pro, like is there content and programming i don't i think it's mostly just a networking thing i i don't know I, but what I is that? What is like? So. Does that literally mean you just show up at like some? You said it's an all-day event. No, no, no. It's a. It's at night. Right. So it's, it's an not an all-day event. It's like a one. It's like a social event. Yeah. There's booze. There's a bunch of people. All right. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be some form of programming to it. Otherwise, like how much? How much does it cost to go to Bet Bash? I think seventy-five dollars, maybe. Is it all you can drink and all you can eat? I believe so. Do they have? Uh, I don't know. You have to ask Spanky these questions. But can we? You want to go back to futures discussion? Yes. Okay. Um, what was interesting to me though was that FanDuel after last year kind of moved the other way though. Essentially, they they were. I think last year they they didn't have enough dynamic uncertainty in their numbers. This year they have too much. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah. The tails, the tails became better to bet not. Don't yeah, we? exactly. That's like incredible that a, that a publicly traded company can f that up, where they're overreacting. You know what I mean? Like, how, how does that? Well, I talked about it on the podcast a lot last year about how like nobody was pricing know, the tails like, well. It still seems weird to me. Like, what are they doing? Like going like this in the air to like see which way the wind blows? Like. Well, Jeff, There's it's like not, it's not intuitively obvious how it's, I mean, I know that if you've read, if you've read Stanford Wong's book, you know, you're like, oh, I can price regular season win totals using the binomial distribution, but that's wrong. Um, that's because that is, that Stanford assumes zero. Asian, so let's just, this, this is, if this is the anti-Asian hate part of the podcast. Hold on. Using the, uh, using the binomial distribution um, assumes zero uncertainty. It, that it basically means that for a team that you anticipate winning half their games, like you have them as an eight and a half win team, it, you would essentially just flip a coin uh, 17 times. And, and so it would like, no matter what in game number 17, they would still have a 50% chance of winning it. And so in reality, you know, the team could be truly like fundamentally, they could turn into an 11 win team or a six win team in terms of talent. I mean, you know, think about the Ravens this year, what are they like an 11 win team, I guess, if that's what they're projected at. And if they, if Lamar Jackson's hurt and they're playing, um, oh, who is it? The Penn state guy, uh, you know, what's, what would their win total be? If he started the season as their starting quarterback, six wins, maybe six and a half. I don't know. He's pretty good at Penn state. Yeah. So 
But my point, my point is you have to account for that uncertainty. And it's, and no, and I understand. Really, and we've talked about this a lot on the but podcast. You can't do it without simulating it. And here's where I'm going to talk about unabated a little bit. Cause you said, when should we talk about it? I think this is a good segue. I mean, that's, that's a product that, that we built, which it's something I really, really like. Cause you, you know, it gives the user the opportunity to, to change, to set their inputs, to, you know, essentially there's dials and levers they can change. They can change quarterback injury probability. They can change their level of um, uncertainty in a team, like how aggressively or conservatively they, the, uh, a team's rating updates based on simulated game results and basically get what these distributions should be based on the inputs they set. And so um, it allows you to find the sort of these value in these sort of derivative type of futures bets or where you find value based on your opinion. Or, or you know, if you or want to use just... the Massey Peabody ratings, use that. If you want to use ESPN's FPI, use that. If you want to use Pro Football Focus's ratings, use that. If you want to use our market-based ratings, use that. Like, you don't have to think that Massey Peabody is any good. Um, you know, and also, Rufus, honestly, like, it's it's pretty cool, the, like, what you're talking about, because um, you can tune those dials in different ways and find value, I'm sure, in not derivative futures, but in regular futures also. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, you get Super Bowl, division, playoffs. What's what's your goal with Unabated? Like what, I mean, like ultimately it's like, I know it's like a little bit of a passion project. I know like, um, you know, you guys are doing this because you think it's an important thing to do. You're, you're doing, you, we've talked about how you really want to work with smart people on things and, and you think there's an opportunity to do that. Like what, what's your goal? Like what in, in five years, what does success look like with unabated? That's a good question. Um, I think there is a, I, I think we're serving a niche that doesn't, isn't really served right now in the sports betting content space. I guess, I don't know if I should say co like content slash tools. There really isn't a sports betting tools the product space. Um, at least not not B2C. And so um, the people we're catering most to are, as Captain Jack calls them, aspirational sharps. I think people that that aren't professional what the, what's themselves. The, is, what's the business model? Is, did people, is it a subscription service? Yes, it will be. We're not, we are, we're not doing affiliate deals with any books or anything like that. Um, you know, I, 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 I've made it pretty clear how I feel about that. I think it's a it's a conflict of interest, or at least. Are you guys going to sell picks at all? Interest. Are you going to allow no. people to sell picks? No, we're not selling picks. We're that was a we're, joke. I know, but but okay. We're in five years. I want it to provide content that is valuable to betters and helps people, gives people tools to improve, and um, kind of raises the bar for um, elevates the space. Just like our podcast was supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Before we stopped, before we stopped out and 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 going on, and, and started going in ten minute tangents about two foot putts or networking events. Um. Yeah. I I uh, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great you're doing this. I am skeptical of. Uh, the ability to scale something like this into a real business, but ultimately like I'm pulling for you guys for sure. And I, I can't wait to like try it out. Yeah. I mean, and we have a, we're, yeah, we have other products in the pipeline and there's a, there's a lot of things that I'm really enthusiastic about that I can't really talk about yet that, that I want to build. It's we're more constrained because we're, we're, we're a lean startup right now. And so, um, as we grow, we self -funded? To build things quicker. Yes, we are right now. And are you built on AWS? Yes. Bastard. Bastard. I couldn't even get you on Azure. Hey, I mean, that's not, I that is not, not my specialty, Jeff. I'm, I'm not the one that I'm not the one that knows about that stuff. I could have given you guys lots of credits. You would have had cloud hosting for free. Damn. Well, you got to talk with uh, if you're containerized, it would be hard for you to move things over. So okay. Um Here's the question, Jeff. Have you have you used Unabated yet and run any simulations for futures? No, I didn't even know it was live. Ah, well, I'll give you a beta link after uh, after the show. I'd love to play around with it. Um, I would love I, for you to play around with it and give me and, and I would love to hear your feedback, both positive and negative. Yeah, I, I'm, you know me. I will do both. And um, I know 
most, you know, many of the seven listeners probably might have thought about signing up for early access. And so, yeah. Um, those of you, like we've gotten a lot of feedback and it's been fantastic. Like, I mean, this is, you know, it's not a finished product obviously. And, and there's so many features we want to add. It's just got to start somewhere though. Um, okay. So we, what we, we, I want to finish off with two things. Um, the first thing is going to be, what is the, what do we use as our contest to go to our Vegas trip this fall? What's the contest going to be? Is Maybe it, we like let people on Twitter come up with contest ideas. I don't know. No, maybe, maybe it's this. It's we can give people like two options. One is get a t-shirt design, get Ooh, it put up. I love on, this. Get it put up on one of the t-shirt services and start selling it. And whoever gets the most sales on that, um, like in a certain time frame will be one. And obviously that's a win-win. Like someone gets a cool t-shirt. So, we would have, we, so basically you're saying we'd have, you know, potentially multiple different bet the process t-shirts out there being sold. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's called crowdsourcing. I love it. Okay. That can be one. I mean, that should that be the, and the other one can be like, we're just the best t-shirt design. No. Cause best is like too subjective. Right. Ultimately. And like, it's based on like, our opinion uh yeah i mean it's fine no i don't think so i think i think we should allow it to be like democratized or a meritocracy where we're not figure skating huh yeah or Or gymnastics we're not we're not synchronized diving or synchronized swimming or rhythmic gymnastics or there there's got to be an option a second option which has nothing to do with like the t-shirt right what what would the section option be what are, what are the things that what are the other things that we've thought about maybe there's something related to sports maybe it's like record record a 30 minute video sorry 30 second video describing um like the difference between the word irregardless and regardless no Maybe we should just have our, our, um, the, uh, what's his name? The guy that, uh, God, um, Sturm Worm, right? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. That video. We should have him. We should, maybe it should be done. Maybe it should be something to do with social media, right? Maybe it's like, maybe it's someone that can actually get us some How positive. About- Whoever finds our password for our Twitter account, which was lost in 2018. Or, or, could, or could guess it. Yeah. How about someone that could actually do a positive campaign that would actually um, counteract Empire, Empire Maker's negative campaign against us that made our podcast go from four and a half stars to three and a half stars in, in a short time frame. And also probably I had something to do with that with my amount of interruption. So maybe we shouldn't blame Empire Maker. No, I think you should blame me for getting in that tiff yeah. with him. All right. Well, we'll start. We'll start with this T-shirt contest because we've been talking about this for so long. So let's. We'll start with this T-shirt contest. We'll okay. See. We're doing a wet T-shirt contest. What's that? We're doing a wet T-shirt contest. Okay. Stop it. Nobody wants to see that. Okay. And then let's talk about Calcutta's. So we're gonna do one for sure for the preseason for the NFL. Do you mean for the for, for we're doing it during the preseason for the NFL regular for the full season? We're doing we're, a full we're season. We're not we're not NFL doing Calcutta. a Calcutta for preseason NFL games. No, we're doing a full season NFL Calcutta, and we're going to come up. Well, maybe next week we can have a bookmaker on, and then we can also have someone like maybe we have Preston on, and we can talk about like what what the rules should be, and we can kind of do like a like a, a formative rule rules thing. Um, should we do a Calcutta for the last two weeks of the FedEx? No, I'm just busy. I'm <laughs> my sister's weddings in two weeks and I have to move. I got to drive down to bet bash. Well, I got to move, I'll do, move, I'll do without, I got to move some stuff into storage. You I'll know. do it without you then. Okay. You don't have to participate. And then I I'll just don't think we'll, there'll be as much interest. That's all. That's all. The thing is, the last two weeks, well, first off, 
I mean, you don't have as many golfers and I mean, we could do it. Seven, fine, you have but... 70 golfers. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to have that many golf, like 70 golf, like fewer golfers is better. Right. That's actually, that's a good point. Yeah. That's yeah, why I, I kind of, you know, of, of course, if you do it, I'll do it. Okay. Well, maybe I'll come you up. Just, with, I kind of feel Jeff, like you you're just in need back. of money. Aren't you? You're like, how can I get some more money from Rufus? No, I, I, I feel like I should probably shut down my Calcutta game because it's like I'm a pretty good P&L right now. It's probably a good time to shut things down. Go out on top. Quit while you're ahead, like the George Costanza. Um, and then, the, so we'll, we'll, we'll maybe do this. Uh, well, wait, no, our- Jeff, you're, you're, I'm gonna, you're more like, you're like Ben Curtis. If Ben Curtis had won the 2003 British Open and then quit golf forever, people would be like, look at like, what the, what the fuck? Yeah, you do. Okay. You don't know who that guy is, right? I mean, wasn't he the guy that wrote the big book on like golf swing? Oh no, that's Ben Hogan. Sorry. Yeah. No. Ben Curtis won the 2003 U.S. Open like as the 200 and something ranked player in the world, and then did you, did you win it, on him? No, it was 2003. I was in high school. Dude, 2003. I was 30 years old. So there you go. So oh, I also want to say what? thank you for the uh, the water polo win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is you were giving me crap about like whether it was actually like a walkover or not. Well, I it, don't know. When I read an article saying it was tied in the second half or something, I'm like, well, this well, so, doesn't seem so like a, something so I should have laid minus 300 on. So, so here's, here's what I would tell you on this. And I'll, I'm going to be very honest. They lost to Hungary, and this is like now literally like we're going to lose every listener because there's going to be a breakdown of women's water polo. But they lost to Hungary in, in, in a game that meant nothing, right? And what was interesting is Adam Gregorian, who's the coach, um, who was also my wife's water polo coach in college, she, um, he played a lot of rotations and a lot of players in that game that he didn't play the rest of the time. And was so he trying them out or was he just... Like, what was I think the point he was experiment. I think he was trying things out. And I honestly don't think he cared if they lost. I think in some ways, like losing that game was the best thing. Now they it made beat, them focus. Well, and then the next game after that, they beat Russia by, um, I don't know, 15 or 16 goals or something, some crazy amount of goals. And Russia had tied Hungary in the bracket play. And then they they played Canada, they crushed Canada in the in the in the round, and then they played Russia again. So this is like a team that they just beat the crap out of, right? And now they've got to play them again in the semis. And of course, like Russia played played up to them. But like there was not really a point in that game where I really thought they were gonna to lose to Russia. And then they come in the gold medal game to the team that was number two, like clear number two, and they beat them by eleven goals. So here's the question. From that, what's the push probability for water polo match? Like, let's say it's lined this team minus three goals. How often is it going to land exactly on three? How much is a goal worth? I mean, probably an average game is like, well, at that level, probably nine to eight, something like that. Right. But how much is like, what's the push probability? So for example, you know, an NFL game, if game's line three, I can say, you know, I expected to hit three nine percent of the time or whatever like what i don't know i don't know i'm just curious if you had an intuition on it i know you don't don't really and i honestly like i think a lot of like water polo is one of those games that's incredibly ref dependent and refs will actually like subjectively keep games close it's one of those that doesn't sound like good for for having bet a massive favorite i just don't i don't think i i i would have bet after even seeing how that all transpired, I would have bet that bet at minus. So I bet him at, I bet it at minus 180 all the way up to like minus 250. I would have bet that every day. I would bet that all the time. I would have bet more at minus 300. I forget what I bet it at, whatever it, it was when I was on the, when we were recording the podcast, but you bet it at minus 300. I don't know. Like, is a goal though, would it be like, you know, is it worth like 8%, 10%? I like that you're trying to make me do math right now and trying to do like intuitive, intuitive math. I don't, I mean, I would have to think a little bit more about it, but like in an evenly matched game, what's the, uh, what, what are the odds that 
the team wins by one. In an evenly matched game, what are the odds that the a- team A wins by one, not either team? Um, or what's the probability? What is the probability that a team wins by one? I don't know. Like, like if Hungary played Russia or something. No, those no. Who 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 was in the finals? It was. I mean, sixty five percent. Does that sound crazy? Sixty five percent. Yeah, sixty five percent of the time, one team is going to win by a goal. By exactly one goal. Like either team could win by a goal, basically. That it's distributed around one goal. Sixty-five percent of the time. Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that's incredibly high. Yeah, that doesn't sound reasonable. Thirty percent of the time. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, we're not getting anywhere here. Ten percent of the time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe someone can. One percent of the time. Yeah, we know, we want some water polo water handicappers polo out here. Maybe can help us. I didn't know math was going to be required. I thought we were just going to be arguing about who can make two foot putts or not. Well, we just need to take um, video of us attempting to. When, when do you think this? When do you think this? Now this is just you and I talking. When do you think this Vegas trip should happen? Like, and it's, so if it's if it's too far into fall, we're not going to be able to do a pool party. So which may be fine. We can maybe just focus on golf. We don't have to do a pool party. I'm down for so September. Like I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be driving out driving cross country at let's some do, point. Let's do it in late. September. I've been planning to do something in late September. With my yeah. I have a car again and it's not a Honda Civic. So, all right. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. Um, I, we, I would actually like for the people that don't hate us, the people that actually like our podcast, I would like to hear what direction you guys want us to go with this podcast, especially this season, because the last few years we've definitely gone in season to more of a format that is like pick driven, that is like analysis of games driven and we have? We get, what's that? Wait, I thought we did that like maybe the year one and we haven't done that recently. No, we've, we've done that the last few years in season. We've always had some form of, you know, we go, we, we make picks against each other. We, we try to use like the futures markets to do and not like, and, and it's very, it is a little bit formulaic. And then we started adding guests and doing something similar to that last year. Um, we get feedback that people enjoy the off season podcast more when we have guests and are able to dive into specific, you know, topics. And maybe that's why we stopped doing the off season ones because we don't actually want more people to listen and we don't want to make anyone happy. Um, But it would be good to hear like what direction we go in. I think you and I, I think naturally gravitate towards just kind of riffing with each other and there's little script and it sounds like we're completely unprepared, which I think drives some people crazy. And we so were, I mean, we didn't really have much of an agenda this time, except to talk about my. I, I usually have some new home. I usually have more of an agenda. I usually have more agenda than you think. I just don't always share it with you. Okay. I mean, I I know like the, the stuff we plan, we plan to talk about, we spent maybe a total of less than five minutes on. Fewer than five minutes. Fewer um, minutes than five. Fewer time. Okay. Well, thanks for listening guys. And we love feedback from you guys. Appreciate all the people that dm me that they hate the podcast um but anyways love you guys and we'll talk to you next week where we'll probably have a bookmaker on and we'll be talking calcutta construction for the nfl full season crunching all the numbers in a simulated system to break down the data analytically driven media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic the bottom line is watered down it seems like they don't get it puppeteers are put to engines running off a leaded 